Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Father, this morning we know that in your presence there is freedom. And we thank you for that freedom today as we worship you in spirit and in truth. Uh, Lord, as it says in your word in the book of Psalms, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, we ask you to bless the reading and the speaking of your word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, Warehouse Church. I want to welcome everybody to our service that's watching uh, online today as well. We're so glad that you're here with us today. I am so excited today because something happened for me that's kind of taken me over the, I would say the emotional hump, if you will, of all of this quarantining over the past five or six months. If you remember, when this started, we were in a series about that, that was kind of paralleling to baseball because it was right when baseball started back in February with the winter practices and all that stuff. And baseball started again this week. Now, if you're watching today, and if you're happy that baseball started again, Major League Baseball, throw a thumbs up. If you don't care, put a thumbs down, or you could do some kind of weird little face on there. If you're not into sports at all, I get that. But I am so, so happy. I've been able to watch a game already. And it's something I really, really enjoy to, uh, doing. And there's only 60 games this year. And you're saying, what in the world does this have to do about Jesus today? I'm just in a good mood because baseball started again. That's why I'm wearing my jersey this week on Sunday. So uh, we're glad that you're here today. But I'm also excited because I, I, I just can't even tell you the privilege it is to be able to kind of study during the week and get ready for Sunday. And a lot of times I feel very, very selfish because I think that the, the, the spiritual work, if you will, that, 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 that I pray happens in the lives of people when they hear the word of God and when they hear the word of God taught, I, I know I benefited from it more than anybody, but I need it more than anybody, so I realize that. But I have just enjoyed this study, and I want to be talking to you about Something that I have that, that I've kind of been discovering over the past couple years in my in my personal study of the Word of God. At, today we're doing a series called Sacred or Sacred, you know, with a question mark. And we're not talking about things necessarily that are sacred to us. We're talking about things that God says are sacred, right? We talked about the name of God, the name of Yahweh. We talked about that the very very first week. God said, "I am who I am. Tell them I am have sent you." Last week we talked about. The precious name of Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby you must be saved. The name of Jesus. God says his name is holy. God says Jesus' name is holy or sacred. So today we want to talk to you about another understanding that we can get from Scripture on what is sacred to God. Okay? And what I want to talk to you about today is this. Why is God's dwelling place, and I want you to hang in there with me. We're going to go old school, Old Testament, 
to pull up some understanding and some foundational truths to help us to understand how this is super duper relevant for us today. But why is God's dwelling place so sacred to him? Great subject. I know you'll be blessed by this. So let's jump right into this this morning. Why is God's dwelling place especially sacred to him? The first thing I want you to understand is this. God chose this place for himself, his temple. Back in the Old Testament, God would not allow King David, his king, the man after his own heart, to build his temple because David had too much blood on his hands. He was a man of war. But what God did allow David to do was to kind of get all the the building supplies together and the resources together for the next king, who was his son, Solomon, to be able to build the temple. So God used Solomon to build the temple. And we're going to read something for you out of 2 Chronicles this morning. But in 2 Chronicles 5 and 6, the Bible talks about how Solomon built this temple. This was one of the greatest buildings uh, up until this time in history that has ever been built, right? So God used Solomon to go through this building program to build this really, really beautiful, ornate, with very specific decorations, very specific heights and lengths and the rooms and how the rooms were to be used and the Holy of Holies where God would meet and, and, and the curtain that was blocking that off that would be torn in two when Jesus Christ uh, died on the cross thousands of years later. But God chose this place for himself, his temple. And when the temple was finished being built, Solomon was praying this prayer of dedication over the temple of God. And he said this in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. He said this, when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Did you hear that? The glory of the Lord. Fire came down. The glory of the Lord filled the temple. So much so, it says in verse number 2, the priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. And then the next verse tells us, when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down, the glory of the Lord above the temple, the Bible says they knelt down on the pavement. They fell down out of respect in awe of the presence of God. With their faces to the ground, the Bible says they worshiped. They gave thanks to God. And they said, he is good. And his love endures forever. And then the Lord appeared to him at that night. And he said, I've heard your prayer. Listen to this in verse number 12. This is so significant. Solomon prays. He, people see the fire come down from heaven. The priest didn't know what to say. So they just fell down and worshiped. The glory of the Lord filled the temple. All the people that were there that day fell down on their face in worship, in awe, in wonder. Never seen anything like this before in their life, right? And then in verse number 12, it says this. I'm just going to read a little phrase that. It says, God says this to, um, God says this to Solomon. I've heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself. I've heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself. So if God chose to have his presence here on the earth in this building called a temple, the temple of God, the place where priests would men. Boy, if you continue to read 
that in chapter 7, the Bible says that thousands of animals were sacrificed to honor the Lord there that day. And they would sacrifice animals and pour out their blood to cover the sins of the children of Israel. Those sacrifices were made in, in, in repentance to pay for sin, right, that they had committed. And God's presence was in this, was in this building. Can you imagine fire coming down? And filling, and the glory of the Lord filling that building there that day, and how people had to see there and, and be a part of that. What an amazing thing to be able to see. But this place was sacred because God said it was sacred. Solomon built it, Solomon prayed to dedicate it to the Lord. They did all the sacrifices, they did everything they were supposed to do. But the Bible says that God's presence filled that temple there that day. You say, what in the world? How is that relevant to us today? I want you to listen to this for a second. God's dwelling place is sacred to him. Yes, we see in the Old Testament is his temple. He came down, he filled the presence, his presence in that temple there that day. But listen to the second thing I want to share with you. After Jesus Christ died on the cross, and we have the opportunity to have a relationship with God because of him, Jesus, our high priest, he died, he rose again. He created an opportunity for you and I to have forgiveness of sins and a relationship with God. God chose to dwell in you, and you are his temple. I want you to think about that this morning. God chose to dwell in you, and you are his temple. Now, fire came down from heaven in the Old Testament, and God's glory filled that building up when Solomon prayed and dedicated the temple to the Lord there that day. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. It says, do you not know that your bodies are temples, right? Temples, dwelling places of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You don't even belong to yourself. You are not your own because you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies. Do do you understand what's happening from the Old Testament, the time of law, to the New Testament, the time of grace. God's presence was here on the earth. Fire came down from heaven. His glory filled this building. People bowed on their hands and knees, faces to the ground, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God's glory came down and filled you with his glory, and your body became his temple. That's unbelievable. That God's presence lives inside of me. That if you know Christ as Savior this morning, God's presence lives inside of you. What a privilege that is for us to think about today, that we are the temple of God. And you know what that means, church? Here's number three. It means you are sacred to God. If his temple was sacred for his dwelling place, and he made you his dwelling place, that means you're sacred. You say, I don't feel very sacred, right? I don't feel like I'm, I, I am, you know, I don't feel like I'm holding the presence of God in my life. I don't feel, you know, a lot of things, you know, we talked about feelings last month in our last uh, series we did on feelings. But here's the truth of the matter. 
God's presence, when you accepted Christ as Savior, boy, we, we would really like, if we were going to kind of choose how all these things happen with our relationship with God, one of the things we would probably ask God for is that at the moment of salvation, maybe fire could come down from heaven and we would like feel that, right? That we would feel his presence enter our body, right? The Bible tells us it's about faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. God told us that when we get saved, his Holy Spirit indwells us and we become his temple. That's why it motivates us to take care of our bodies, our physical bodies. Our physical body is God's temple. And we're supposed to be, be good stewards of, of this body. We're supposed to use this body to glorify God. We're supposed to be careful not to use this body to do things that don't glorify God. The Bible says when we sin in our flesh, a sexual sin or a sin that, that is impactful to our flesh, the Bible says it's a, it's a sin against God. There's really a double consequence that not only do we have to make that thing right with God, but we will pay in the flesh what we reap in the flesh. Now, there's ultimate forgiveness of sin when the sin is asked for forgiveness. But here's the understanding, church. You and I, as his children, if you know him as personal savior, are sacred to God. You're sacred. Wherever you're watching this today, whether you're live in church today with us or you're watching online, boy, last week we had five different countries that were watching our church service last week. What an honor and privilege that is to think that, that people are watching Warehouse Church really all over the world. And we're so honored and we're so blessed by that. But it doesn't matter if you're in Plano, Texas, or on the East Coast, or the West Coast, or in Europe, or in a country in Africa, or in Guatemala, or South America, or the Far East, wherever you are, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are sacred to God. Now, I want you to do this for me real quietly, right where you're sitting. And if you're sitting in front of your computer this morning, I want you to type it out. I want you to write this. And I want you to think about this when you write this. Put, I am sacred to God. I am sacred to God. Now, that, that kind of does something to my heart to even say that. And to think about that. And it helps me to understand why the priests and the people on the Old Test, in the Old Testament, when fire came down from heaven and the glory of the Lord filled the temple... It kind of gives me that feeling of humility of why in the world would God choose me? Why would God think that I'm sacred? And the Bible teaches us, what do we say about sacred? Sacred means something set apart by God. God created us sacred, church. The word of God tells us in the book of Genesis that God made Adam or God made man Above all of creation, God made man in his image with, with the way that he made us, with the three parts of us, the body, soul, and the spirit. There's three parts of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God made us in his image. God gave you his son to pay for everything, allowed his son to be sacrificed to pay for everything that you and I have ever done wrong in our lives. Jesus tells us in John chapter 14 that he's preparing a place for you. You're very, very special to him. And since he created you in his image, provided a way to have your sins forgiven, 
is preparing a place for you right now. Right now as we're speaking, he's preparing a place for us. To understand all of that, we prepared a place for God on the earth in the Old Testament in the temple. We are his dwelling place in the New Testament with our bodies. Our body is God's temple. Someday we're going to be in God's presence, and that's a place he's preparing for us today. You're sacred to God. You think, wow, I'm sacred to God? We are sacred to God. Here's, here's the next thing I want to share with you. You're not only sacred, you are chosen, royal, and God's special possession as a child of God this morning. And I'm, just, and I'm, going, I'm, and I'm quoting that right from the word of God, and I'll read the verses to you. 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10. Listen to what God's holy inspired word says. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Listen to what it says in the next verse. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Do, do you understand what the Bible's telling us there in 1 Peter 2, verse 9? It says, you, you are a chosen race. Listen, all the things that, 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 that have happened in our country last week. We're talk about COVID. We're talking about all this, the social unrest and the racial divide that's in our country today. The, the cure is not anything that's going to happen in our country today. Now, I think Christians need to be involved to bring, bring, bring on social justice. I think Christians need to be very, very careful and, and really operate at just a different level when it comes to uh, racism. and think We ought not to tolerate it, but at the same time, we got to love everybody. And that just seems like an impossible task to do, but that's what Jesus told us to do. But you know what the cure for racism is? When you understand, when we get to heaven... We're not red or yellow or black or white or from this country or from that country. When we are in heaven in eternity, the Bible says you're a chosen race. That means we're all going to be of one race, and we really are already the human race. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him that called you out of darkness into his glorious light. So if you understand that today, that you are today, right where you are, you are sacred to God. Let's talk about what that should motivate us to do. It should motivate us in two different ways. Now Jesus said the two greatest commandments of the, all the commandments of the Bible go back to two greatest commandments, right? Love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourself. So if you and I are sacred to God, first of all, but not more importantly, the second point is more important, if we're sacred to God, shouldn't we in our lives, in our conversations, in the way that we steward our bodies, in the way that people see us in society today, shouldn't we be doing things in our lives so that when people see us, they see us as set apart. Set apart by God to do something. Listen, not better. I'm not better than anybody else. You're not better than anybody else. 
But if you're sacred, then you want to be used by God to do what God's work is. What's God's work? What's God's work? Well, we want to father the, we want to be a father to the, to, to, the, to the motherless and the fatherless, a parent. We want to take care of the needs of culture in our society today. We want to care for the widows, care for the poor, care that people have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? And we do that as God's representatives. Listen, we are his temple. We are his physical manifestations of God's presence on this earth today. God is alive in you if you know him as Savior. Therefore, Jesus said, or the author Paul said through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, therefore glorify God with your body or your temple. I remember growing up, we would hear lots of things about going to church. My mom took us to church a lot when we were kids. And we had our church clothes and we had our regular clothes because our church clothes had to be a little bit nicer because we had to give our best to God, right? And it had to do with our, our physical appearance on Sunday mornings. And I'm not saying there's necessary anything wrong with that. I know there was a value for that in that time in history. But I want you to understand something. It, it kind of also speaks into a value that we maybe shouldn't have because man looks on the outside and God looks on the heart, so maybe I could tell you that this is my Sunday best, right? Because this is one of my favorite jerseys that I wear, uh, uh, representing my, my baseball team, the Philadelphia Phillies. So I could tell you today that this is my Sunday best. But the truth of the matter, none of this stuff on the outside matters about my Sunday best. What matters is my heart, because my heart, inside of my heart, is it clean? Is there sin? Am I keeping God's temple Holy? Am I glorifying God with my body? And man, that has a whole lot of implications on it. The way that I eat, the way that I sleep, the way that I Sabbath, the way that I uh, live my life, exercise, the way that I cleanse my, all those things that I do, the way that I take care of this body really shows God how much I'm honoring his temple. My Sunday best is my heart, not my clothes. But when we understand that we're chosen, we're royal, we're holy, God has all these things in you to be his chosen people, to be set apart, to be sacred. The significance of us being sacred is so that we can draw people to Jesus Christ for the reason of why we're on this earth today. And it's planted right in the middle of 1 Peter chapter 2. He says that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into light. You and I, what is our responsibility as his sacred possession? To declare the praises of him. That's my responsibility with my life. My body is sacred. My life is sacred and holy to the Lord. He says, be holy as I am holy. You are the temple or the dwelling place of God. And for this reason, I am chosen a royal priesthood. I'm part of a holy unified nation, a people that belongs to God, that's his possession for the purpose of proclaiming his excellencies to declare the praises of him. You're sacred because God's chosen you to be his royal messengers of his gospel message to the whole world. In the very same book in 1 Peter chapter 3, he says, but sanctify, and that word sanctify is one of those words in the private Christian 
you know, dictionary that we, you know, we kind of keep covertly. But here's what it means. Sanctification means cleanse. Cleanse yourself. Prepare yourself and be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies within you with meekness and fear. You're his temple if you know him as Savior. You're sacred. So be holy as he's holy. Take care of God's temple because God wants people to see Jesus in and through you, through your words, through your life. So listen, conversation, we think of the word conversation, we think about talking. I gotta talk about Jesus all the time. Listen, conversation also means lifestyle. In Philippians chapter two, he says, let this conversation be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's saying this, let this lifestyle be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We ought to speak about, talk about, live about. When people see us, they ought to see not that just we're supporting a baseball team. They ought to see that we're God's chosen people set apart to do his work by him, for him, through him working in and through our lives. You're sacred. You're special. I know there's a lot of times in my life, for instance, when I look in the mirror, when I think about my past, when I think about things I wish I hadn't said or done even in the last week or so, I don't always feel sacred and holy. Matter of fact, most of the time I don't. And as I read this, it's kind of a contrast. This is why this was such an encouragement and a blessing to me to read and study this week because I don't feel about myself what God says about myself. But you know what? I need to believe God's feelings about me and not my own because I don't belong to myself. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, you don't belong to yourself. You have been paid for. You've been bought. You've been paid for with a price, and that was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I am not only a citizen of heaven, for all of eternity. You're not only a citizen of heaven for all of eternity. If you know Christ as Savior, you're God's dwelling place here on this earth. You're sacred. So you know what we need to do, church? Talk like we're sacred. Live like we're sacred and holy. The praises of, uh, 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 God's praises ought to be on our lips every single day, honoring him. Humble yourself before the eyes of the Lord and he will lift you up. We don't need to brag about ourselves. We need to brag about what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. You are a sacred, set-apart temple of God. Let's do the best that we can to live like that this week. Hey, I want to pray for you this morning and pray for your families. And If you have a special prayer request, a private prayer request, you can send that to me this week to my email address, just the word pastor at warehousechurch.com. You could join us on Wednesday night when we pray on our Warehouse Church Facebook if you'd like to join Kim and I. But as I close the service out this morning, I'd sure like to remember you in prayer this morning wherever you are watching us today. This morning, Father, we ask you, we thank you. We, we can't even hardly comprehend it. I can't, Lord. The fact that you said that we are sacred, that we're set apart, that we're God's temple, and all the things that happened in the Old Testament, when we see that your glory filled the temple, the emphasis wasn't on the building. 
the emphasis was on God's glory that filled that place. And our emphasis for our lives isn't about this, this, this physical presence that we have here on this earth. A lot of times we do make it about ourselves. But our lives become very special and very sacred at that moment of salvation where we invite Jesus Christ to be our personal Savior. As we pause in prayer, if you're watching today or if you're with us today and if you've never invited Jesus Christ to come into your heart, you can do that right now, right where you're sitting. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved in the book of Romans. So if that's something you know you need today, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, would you just pray this prayer with me very, very simply and say it to the Lord. Just say this to him. Just say, just bow your heads right where you're sitting and say, dear Father in heaven, would you please forgive me, come into my life and save me today? Would you help me to live for you? I believe in your son, Jesus, and I thank you for loving me today. And then just close your prayer out and say, in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me this morning, would you please, at the end of our service, go onto our online connection card. There'll be a little Q symbol up in the corner of this in a little bit. And you, could, you can take a picture of that, and it'll take you right to our online connection card. And we would be glad if you would fill this out. We can reach out to you this week. Or if you'd like to, just send me a personal email again to pastor.warehousechurch.com. And we would sure like to celebrate what God has done in your life today. We've seen so many people throughout the month make this decision by watching our services and being live in our services. And if you've made that decision today, please let us know so that we could celebrate that with you today. Fathers, we close in prayer. We love you. We thank you. Lord, help all of us this week to live holy, to be holy, to understand the sacredness and the sanctity of not just our own lives, but of life altogether. And let us, Lord, let, let, as I prayed when we started the service, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh, Lord, our strength and, and our redeemer, bless us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say it together. Amen. Say that online, amen, thumbs up, little ooh, ooh, whatever you need to do, let us know that you agree and that you're excited about what we talked about today. Thank you for watching us online, online today. It's been an honor to be able to speak into your lives. We would appreciate uh, your prayers for our church during the COVID time. Uh, we want to thank you for those of you that have been giving faithfully to the ministry of Warehouse Church. Thank you for your generosity in keeping our ministry, our online ministry and our live ministry uh, at the church going strong during this time. And if, you, if it's been a blessing to you and you want to be a blessing to others, you can go online today and give at www.warehousechurch.com backslash give. You can text give or you can mail it to the church. That information will be shown on the slide in just a minute. I said Q code early. It's a QR code. Somebody just held up a sign and said it's a QR code. That QR code will be on there, and that'll give you more information about our church as well. But hang in there with us. Watch these announcements. 
Thank you for praying for our teenagers for camp. I know that you were encouraged even by just that video we showed earlier. And for those of you that gave, we want to thank you for that. And we are so, so blessed to be able to be a part of your life and in your homes today. Thank you for joining us today with Warehouse Church. God bless you.